0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, huge thanks for joining us here on your Monday morning to talk everything tax and, and crypto. By way of introduction, myself, my name is Tommy and I'm the head of strategic partnerships at SwiftX. And I'm joined by the, as I call them, the real subject matter experts, Adam and Danny from Crypto Tax Solution, kindly, who will give you an insight into the potential tax implications of your investment activities across the industry. Listen, nobody gets excited or overexcited about doing their tax. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's necessary in, in modern society and I would really like to admit are not a key part of industry adoption long term, in my opinion. Just to, to frame this a little bit, I guess I wanted to just touch quickly on my own personal story. You know, when I got started back in crypto many years ago, crypto taxes not something that, that comes to mind and, and something that, you know, you think about at the time when you're when you're playing across different exchanges and wallets and dexes or whatever, whatever having you saw, so, you know, I guess. I found out pretty quickly when I went to do my tax and try to get everything in order that it was a problem that that many, many people had, in, including myself. So I guess my experience was, you know, I, I would have downloaded a V file off the exchange at the time, gave that to my accountant. He looked at me probably with three heads and saying, what are all these transactions about? And, um, you know, it, it ended up being a very costly exercise for me. So, you know, fast forward to 2022, we have crypto software, tax software like Kindly, that, um, you know, essentially minimize any of the need to to do these transactions. So from a SwiftX perspective, it's a really important issue for us. Um, You know, SwiftX being one of the biggest crypto exchanges across ANZ, most trusted for good reason and top rated in the country. um, You know, one of the main reasons is we try to give our customers the best experience, customer service in the market, and, um, you know, make it as simple as possible to use crypto. Obviously, that now includes uh, making it as simple as possible to deal with tax. You know, so thanks again to Danny and Adam for jumping on and
1: let's let's get into it, lads. Awesome. Well, firstly, thanks for joining us. And I will introduce myself. So my name's Adam. I'm the regional manager here for Coinly. Pleasure to be here today. Pleasure to have Danny here. You said that not many people get excited about crypto tax. Obviously never spent- Except go- half- for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously <you> never spent <laughs> half an hour talking to Danny about crypto tax. <laughs> Um, it's funny because we started working together and within a few weeks, tax memes started being flown around on the Slack channel and you know, you're really into it when there's tax memes in the office. There's
2: no limit to the amount of tax memes we
1: have on our Slack channel. (laughs) there should be. (laughs) There should be, no. But I'm looking forward to to seeing what Danny's got for us today.
2: Thanks very much, Adam. So I'm Danny Talwar, head of tax here at Coinly. And a big part of what I do at Coinly is providing the education piece to go alongside platform that we offer to customers. I think, Tommy, you know, when we look at SwiftX, I think what will resonate is it's not just all about having the exchange there where people can buy, sell, exchange, but also having that education piece there, particularly for a new industry and an industry that's going to just grow more and more. So today we're going to cover a little bit around crypto assets and taxation. Um, it's going to be quite interactive. So Adam and Tommy will be jumping in where they feel they wish. So just a disclaimer, Coin.ly and SwiftX are not financial or taxation advisors. So what we run through today will be just for educational purposes only. Tommy, Adam, hopefully you learned something today around crypto tax. And no, doubt, no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, please do seek professional advice from a qualified accountant on this matter.
1: Tommy, Danny's actually asked our marketing team if he can start getting printed on the back of his T-shirts that this doesn't constitute financial advice. <laughs> it's probably the just, easiest way to frame it. <laughs> just yeah, so that yeah. when he meets people and then walks away from the conversation, they get that final disclaimer yeah. as the end of the conversation. Yeah. I think that's very much Makes sense. Yeah, you yeah,
0: make it happen.
2: So just a bit of an overview of what we're going to cover today. So firstly, I want to cover what crypto assets actually are in the eyes of the ATO. Set the landscape a little bit around crypto assets and the adoption um, I also want to talk about the ATO guidance for crypto assets and where we stand today and give a little insight on what, what might happen in the future as well. Um, and we're going to then round it off with, well, how can software providers like Coinly help manage your crypto tax obligations? And we'll have a little bit of a Q&A at the end and hopefully answer some of those burning questions that we can already see come in on the live chat. So hopefully that gives everyone a chance to have their voices heard. First and foremost, you know, what are crypto assets in the eyes of the ATO. So, you know, this goes without saying, but it's easy to just say cryptocurrency and not recognize the full spectrum of crypto assets that are actually out there today. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that because it's something the ATO recently updated their guidance on, where before they focused on Bitcoin as the prime example of cryptocurrency and the basis on which their guidance formed. Um, so I think it's important just to recognize it's not just Bitcoin, Solana, Ethereum, but you know, stable coins, asset-backed tokens like Paxos. Not sure if there's any PaxG uh, holders amongst us, but that's a really interesting one. One token is essentially an ounce of gold. So
0: inflationary environment, it's uh, yeah. very, very on, on trend at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. I think something that's certainly
2: increasing at the moment. Game tokens as well. know, yeah, this is a big one. Lots of people playing games to earn. Yeah, I think we have a few game people in our office, Adam. I, I know that for sure. Yep. Personally I'm not not a gamer in the crypto space, but it's gonna be really interesting to see how this space evolves and the tax implications are really complicated in that space.
0: X is a, a popular one among some of our clients at SwiftX. Um, and we also have it as part of our earn program. So it's quite attractive yield through kind of the staking reward element back to our earn program as well. So that's a that's definitely one a lot of our users are interested yeah, right. in right and I've
2: heard that one is a game that people genuinely do play to actually earn income from regardless yeah, of how good the game is it's it's how they
1: eat <laughs> that's yeah, right it's definitely one of the true rocket ships that have, has come out of the game space what's interesting is as we get more and more people in our office the kind of younger crowd that's coming through that are getting into working in crypto and getting into working at coinly are all like game nuts and they're all talking about like you're farming their gaming teams and it's really impressive to see and the, the other one, of course, is NFTs. I mean,
2: NFTs have just exploded in the last couple of years. There's a picture of a nice board eight there. We might How have. How much
0: would some... that one cost you if you want to, uh, want to snap yeah, that one? On. A yeah. couple hundred k, probably.
1: Oh uh, yeah, maybe more. <laughs> uh, Adam might be the man to ask on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're ranging around that at the moment, even pushing up. It's been an interesting space for them. I think for me, like non fungible tokens, what's really exciting about NFTs isn't as much the pictures, but actually the use case of being able to sell assets through the blockchain. I mean, I saw the first house being sold in the US on Ethereum and people seeing to build contracts for actual real-time, real-world assets that are held by crypto. And even recently, we saw a bank become a holder of those assets that you can actually store them with a bank, which is really interesting. See, I think that was Citibank that just started doing that now. So I think the takeaway here is there's
2: so many different forms of crypto assets and you have to pay tax on every single one of them. So just bear this in mind as we go through the rest of the slides, because they're definitely all taxable in the eyes of the ATO.
1: And I just want to say on this, like what's been great about the ATO is bringing out the new framework in which they've identified these as in different assets and understanding them for what they're doing and bringing to the ecosystem themselves. Because, you know, I find Uber drivers are like the barbers and the UK taxi drivers for when you're here now. They kind of give you what's up to date. And before they're all like, oh, crypto, that's like Bitcoin, right? And now the conversation actually changing to be like, oh, they're talking about NFTs, they're talking about layer one, layer two, they're talking about smart chains. And it's great to kind of see that the ATO coming out with those frameworks to show that they're understanding what's happening in the space.
2: Yeah, and I think it's just going to be something that will evolve more and more. In the future, we'll start to see hopefully some more complex guidance on DeFi, GameFi, and that kind of remains to be seen. So one of the things I think we should just cover is, The crypto market is growing. I mean, adoption is really, really high. And it's not just amongst people as well. But I'll just touch on that a little bit. So ASIC actually estimate that more than 800,000 Australian taxpayers have engaged in digital assets or have held digital assets. So I think that's really significant. Yeah, I think uh, Finder estimate that, you know, one in six Australians actually now own or have owned cryptocurrency, which is really significant. I think, yeah, as part of SwiftX, that's probably something that we're seeing more and more as well, Tommy.
0: Yeah, when I look at those figures, I wonder where they came from. I know. Because because I know that's what ASIC will display or that's their headline. But, you know, I think we've got over 600 on SwiftX alone. Some other providers have over a million. So there can be a lot of obviously duplicate accounts, which we're aware of. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see those numbers. And obviously, we've seen a massive increase, especially over the last two years. Even in a market like we're in now, many people are still you know, dipping their toe for the first time in the industry. So I think that total addressable market just continues to grow in Australia, which now you guys are here as well. So there's a reason for that too. So
2: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things I'm seeing is just actually investing in crypto is becoming easier and easier. And, you know, having great UI from a lot of exchanges and just the way people can trade now, it's just a click of a button on their sofa with the app open on their mobile phone. It's just become so easy for people to hold. There's lots of wallet options available um, I think that's probably contributing to the rise as well. Just a few other kind of numbers out there. So it's generally the kind of younger generation that are really embracing crypto and the technology associated with it. So one in four crypto owners are, are estimated to be aged between 18 and 34. One interesting stat that I picked up from Chainalysis as well was that Australia is actually in the top 20 countries of highest crypto gains as an estimate. And that sits at just under 3 billion. And that, I mean, it might be hard to imagine now when we see how much the market's crashed. But just something to bear in mind that Australia actually has massive crypto adoption compared
1: to other countries globally as well. For sure. It's it's really interesting to see how the Australians have embraced digital assets and cryptocurrency as a whole. I mean, I remember I was working for a company called Resdy in like 2013 or 14. And we had to download this little file on our company laptops. And we were mining Bitcoins from our laptops from the back of this hotel while we were doing a startup. And we thought it was going to be like something small that maybe would grow over time at like a slower rate. Never when I got into it at that time when I think I, we got our first ones at like $14. And like now to see where it's been, it's been wild. Yeah. Well, there you go. And it's not just people
2: as well that are embracing the technology in crypto. It's institutions. You know, I've got a few examples, Tesla, KPMG in Canada, and also the endowment funds of Harvard University. But we're also seeing sovereign adoption. So El Salvador, you know, I think that that actually has caused some uh, confusion from an Australian tax perspective as to how crypto is taxed. And we'll try and cover that a little bit later on. So the pressure around crypto is, is kind of mounting from authorities and tax authorities as well, not just in Australia, but globally. And exchanges are required, you know, to undertake kind of Austrack compliance, AML, anti-money laundering, KYC. Tommy, I, I know SwiftX are probably all over that, but um, something to acknowledge that I think the regulation does show that the industry is being legitimized. And, and I think over time, we'll just see this more and more.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is a self-regulated industry at this time, but you know we, we're shouting from the rooftops with, with you know, Senate committee submissions, and you know, we're going through as an exchange. And I think some of our peers as well, we are kind of pulling together in the right direction for the correct fit for purpose regulation for the industry long term.
1: For sure. And I think even what we're seeing at the moment with like prices dropping and people say a crash, that's not actually going to take the foot off the gas with regulation. If anything, it's going to help facilitate that. And regulation isn't always a scary thing in industries. If anything, it legitimizes the industry and allows people like us that want to build on the technology and provide software and, and technology for the consumers out there to start working within a safe framework, which I think is just an ideal win for everyone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I definitely tend to agree And regulation incoming, I suppose. <laughs> so for you users, I just want to highlight that the ATO have actually called out that crypto gains are one of four priority areas for them this tax time. Um, and the ATO came out very early, before 30th of June, and said, you know, everyone holding crypto must report their capital gains appropriately. It's also important to highlight that one of the second focus areas was record keeping. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. Because of course, it's not just what you disclose on your tax return, but actually the records you keep to back that up is really important. And just below there is a screenshot that I actually took from the ATO website when I went to look at my tax return a couple of weekends ago. And it turns out the ATO already knew I had held crypto in in the year. And that was the, the message that came up saying, Hey, you, you have crypto. Please report your
1: gains. So, um, as the uh, as the head of tax at Coinly in Australia, I'm pretty sure that they would have a look and see if you had cryptocurrency <laughs> and if you had reported it correctly. Exactly. So there you go. So let's just occupational hazard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> occupational, <laughs> hazard. occupational hazard, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for
1: sure.
2: <laughs> so let's cover a little bit about the guidance from the ATO. I've picked out some key points when they've released guidance or commented. Um, so very early on in 2014 is actually when the ATO first started talking about cryptocurrency and providing guidance and we saw these things called tax determinations come out one of the first ones was the ato basically making the statement that bitcoin is not a foreign currency from a tax perspective that's quite relevant because it would mean you're not treated on capital gains but on income account and you know obviously the adoption from el salvador has kind of confused that a little bit to the extent that treasury actually came out again before 30th of june and clarified that position to say, hey, crypto is still not seen as foreign currency, it's a CGT asset. Guidance started getting released in 2018. In 2019, the ATO started collecting information to make sure that what's being reported on your tax return actually matches up with the data they receive. And we'll see at the end of 2022, a review hopefully completed, or at least in consultation from the Board of Taxation. And that report is due to government at the end of 2022.
1: So Danny, we'll, just for those that are listening in that may not know what a CGT is. Yeah, so
2: CGT stands for Capital Gains Tax. So but we'll cover that. But before we do, though, let's just debunk some common myths. Um, so I think we've fully debunked the first one, which is that crypto is taxable. It's amazing how many people still think crypto can be used to kind of hide taxes or, you know, if it's just out there in the ether, I don't need to worry about it, out sight, out of mind. That's definitely not the case. So I just want to make it clear, you know, first and foremost, if you hold crypto, it's very likely you will have some tax obligations. Go see an accountant that knows crypto. And yeah, very important, I think. To
0: bear if anything, it's the worst place to hide, try and hide from taxes being, uh, being on a blockchain, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's traceable. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's
2: again why it amazes me. Blockchains are inherently traceable, immutable. You can't change their records once they're on the blockchain. So yeah, definitely not a place to hide. The other one just worth highlighting now is that transacting crypto to crypto is a taxable event. And we'll cover that a little bit more, but just something to bear in mind as we go through this. Example of Dash would be, so Uh, an example would be just Bitcoin to Ethereum, or or even
1: Bitcoin to a stable coin like USDC. We we were talking about this before, we thought we mentioned it on the call, which is if you were to take AUD and convert it to Bitcoin, then convert that to like another layer or a smart chain, and then go buy an altcoin, that's actually creating a taxable event at every instance of Mm -hmm. that. And if you think that, you know, when times when I was buying altcoins, I'd be transacting so quickly. I'd be racking up like 10 to 20 taxable events in maybe a handful of trades. Yeah, exactly right.
2: And that's something a lot of people don't realize even today. So that's one of the things we're trying to really make it clear. The other one I want to mention is just as an ordinary investor, which most people will be, you can't use capital losses um, against your salary and wages, so income from salary and wages. So you can't offset those losses against the income. Um, that's, that's something that generally people think they can do. And if it's treated as a capital gain, you can't, and we'll cover capital gains a little bit later. There's also another one out there, which is something called a personal use asset rule. I've seen some conflicting messages on this, where if you go and spend crypto and it's under $10,000, it's tax free. That's really not the case. The ATO have come out and actually said, you know, it's really rare for the personal use asset rule to apply. Um, So just bear that in mind, if anyone's seen that out there, definitely check that
1: out with an accountant because it's a common one that I've seen a lot. Danny, I have an additional one for you that I wanted to add on there. Uh, So the story of I was in an Uber going home and I was speaking to the Uber driver who told me that his kids have been trading NFTs on Discord with people at school making a bunch of money. And he was like, you know, I don't have to give him pocket money anymore. And I was like, well, how's he handling the tax? And he was like, well, he doesn't have to pay tax because he's under 18. I think that's a, a common misconception, right? Because once you're working age. And also what's happening,
2: I think NFTs is a really good example, Adam. But the one that I think is particularly interesting is GameFi because young kids potentially playing these games, earning income from them, and you know potentially have a situation where parents are having to worry about their kids' taxable events that are coming from these games they're playing.
0: Um, so yeah, definitely one to watch out for. I love the thought and the innovation around it. Like, I think it's it's amazing that we are, blockchain and gaming and crypto assets are getting to a stage where we can actually, this is a problem we have to solve now, right? right. Like, it's like, I think that innovation is something that shouldn't be stifled, but it obviously this element of it needs to be handled
1: correctly. I mean, it's like the, the kids who used to go and buy like all the apps on their parents' iPads and then their parents get the bill. There's nothing worse than thinking that you're, kid's making all this money and then suddenly realizing he's not saving the the taxable amount of it. (laughs) Spoken from experience there. (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) So first and foremost, before you actually think about how you're taxed, it's just really important to actually understand whether you are essentially running a a company or you're a trader or you're you're an ordinary investor. And so most people listening will be an ordinary investor. Perhaps they have their main income that doesn't get derived from crypto assets. And so um, it's just something to to note that first and foremost, before you understand which tax treatment applies, you have to kind of look at how you're trading and whether it's um, as an investor, which is most likely for people that are trading casually, maybe even as a hobby. When I first started getting into crypto, I was using it for educational purposes. I was trying to understand how to get a wallet, I had no concept of how to picture a wallet, a digital wallet, um, so I just went and did it. That was one of the first transactions I did into that wallet just to kind of work out, well, what is this, what does it look like? So for traders, it's, it's often kind of carrying on a business in the crypto space, it can be mining. For example, the ATO will consider things like, you know, the nature of the activities, you know, are you intending to make profit, the repetition of those activities, Do you have a strategy in place, like a business plan, for example? And if you are a trader, you won't be treated on capital gains account. It'll be treated as trading stock rules being applicable. And we have an example to show later on, but it's just something to bear in mind. The other thing I'd say is a lot of people think that if they trade high volumes of crypto, they can suddenly be treated as a trader or a business. And I think that's just, it's just not the case in crypto because Oftentimes we see people are just trading a lot because it's so easy to transact and create all these taxable events, but it's not the the be all and end all and the determining factor. So there isn't
0: like a magic number that you hit. Exactly. It's not a magic number. I think a lot of people do think that. So I think it's important to to highlight there isn't like a magic number you hit that automatically switch you into, you know,
2: business. Yeah. business. Yeah, that's
0: right. Absolutely.
2: So here we go. Very basic. What is capital gains? And essentially it's a difference in value between what you bought your crypto from and and what you sold it for. And um, the result will either be a gain or a loss. There's a lot of different types of disposal events, what we call in the tax world that will trigger either this gain or loss. And so the way it's calculated is your cost basis, which is your purchase price plus any associated fees. They're using SwiftX, probably not many fees there, less the disposal value, what they sold it for, and that'll give you either a gain or a loss. A couple of things about CGT, if you hold a particular CGT asset for more than 12 months, you may be eligible for a 50% discount, so you can get a bit of a tax saving there. Um, Discounts in tax, eh? Exactly. Um, I like the sound of it. The other one is, and this is probably very relevant from the market perspective at the moment, is. Capital losses can be used to offset against capital gains. If you haven't made any capital gains in this year, it can be carried forward to future years if you keep the records of it, but you have to record it on your tax return.
1: That's an interesting one to talk about there because a lot of people that I've been speaking to who before may have been more apprehensive towards doing crypto tax, this year are really embracing doing it because of what happened with Luna and the losses that they saw there. Because especially if the market's down at the moment, and you were part of that situation with Luna where the price really disappeared and so did the the blockchain, then now's the time to kind of declare those losses so that when the market bounces back to the level that we we all expect it will, that we'll, we'll be able to see those gains be realized and offset against the losses this year.
2: Yeah, exactly. A lot of Luna holders are wondering, you know, what what can I do in this position and I suppose that does give a silver lining in some respects. Um, it's probably still not gonna heal the wounds, I'm sure. But um yeah, just something to be aware of. So just some examples of taxable events for investors. So we will kind of focus very much from an investor perspective and therefore when we talk about these taxable events, we are essentially saying, Well, when do I trigger a capital gain or a capital loss, essentially? Um so I think we covered a lot of this. So when you sell crypto or gift crypto. So if I was to feel generous, Adam gift you a bit of Bitcoin or one Bitcoin, then I would be creating a (laughs) taxable event. But also, you know, again, we covered this earlier, but when you trade or exchange crypto for crypto, and often you can do that just on exchanges very, very easily. Swaps. Swaps. swaps, Yeah, Yeah. swaps. um, It's often a a click of a button. It's much easier than, you know, when you have stocks and shares and you sell the shares, invest the proceeds. It's um so so I think it's just something to be aware of you are likely creating those taxable events when you're exchanging. The obvious one as well there is when you're converting crypto to fiat currency. Fiat currency like Australian dollars for example that is a taxable event. But the other one we're seeing more is these kind of crypto debit card like things that you can go and spend your crypto account for goods and services, you can go and buy your coffee and just tap away on the machine and just think, yep, I'm sweet. I've got, I've made a bunch of money with my crypto. But each time you are using your card in that respect, you're likely creating that taxable event. Um, and just a note there that you know, if, if you do fail to declare any gains associated with crypto, penalties are high. Definitely be transparent and open um, when you are giving information to your accountant. So very important there. The other thing I want to mention is investors can still be treated as being taxable on income. Even though they have this capital gains tax concept applied, and so that generally applies to when you're earning um, staking-like rewards, and there's a lot of platforms out there that allow you to earn as you uh, it, uh, from staking. Essentially, I know the SwiftX Earn, Tommy. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. I guess just just highlighting that any assets you're earning on within the SwiftX Earn program will will essentially go into the other bucket, which is the um, income tax bracket. Exactly, and. You know, again,
2: it's just, and we'll cover this a bit later. But you know, it's important to to really be able to track when you're creating these taxable kind of events through income versus capital gains. The other thing about staking to note is you have to f- effectively pay income tax when you receive that staking reward. But then, if you go and sell that asset, you know, six months down the line, that's then a CGT disposal. It's it's basically disposing of a capital gains asset. And the other one I want to cover is airdrops. So this is an interesting one because often you can have a wallet that you might have forgotten about and the way airdrops work are they're generally used from a marketing or promotional stance. So you often just have something of value dropped into your wallet, whether you've asked for it or not. And the ATO essentially say, well, that's taxable as income
0: at the market value that you received it. Good example there would be anyone that held Board 8, Yacht Club, NFT got, got airdropped the APE token yeah, into, the, exactly. into the Ethereum wallet that they're they're holding that on.
2: So that's a... Anyone lucky enough
0: to hold one Lucky enough to hold one, that's
2: right. Um, and there's also some more kind of novel interactions as well. Like there's this app called Steppen, which allows you to earn whilst exercising, essentially. So as you're stepping along, you can earn some crypto. But the chances are, if you are doing that, you also may need to consider your tax obligation. And all these kind of questions there is, it comes back to, are you, are you intending to run a business? Are you running in a business-like manner? Or are you using it as a hobby? Are you using it to learn from? And just kind of understanding those intentions first before you understand the tax is going to be really important because it will impact kind of how you are taxed when, when it comes to it. And finally, you know, DeFi. A lot of people are borrowing, lending crypto. Um, there's a lot of DeFi protocols out there. Chances are, if you're lending, you'll receive an interest-like reward, which is then taxable as income. Just something to note there as well, DeFi is definitely within the scope of the ATO. And we're seeing more and more of it at Coinly as well. So here's just an example of capital gains tax. Liam purchases a Bitcoin in January 22 for $1,000. They've paid a fee of $100. Tommy, that's way too high. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a pretty hectic fee. Probably should have traded on SwiftX. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In May 22, he exchanges that one Bitcoin for two ETH. And the value of that Bitcoin at the time is $4,000. And he's paid $100 of brokerage fees on the sale. And so essentially the new coin value being $4,000 needs to be deducted from the cost base, $1,100. You can add that new fee on as well. So you're left with a capital gain of $2,800. Just a very simple example.
1: Um, We have a question, which I think is an interesting one to kind of put on here that someone said that is there much difference for them if they were to do like one large transaction a month as opposed to multiple or is it more of the accumulation of that? Well, the timing will be relevant because you have to take the purchase date. So
2: when you've bought that crypto and the sale date and essentially understand based on those two dates, Have you got a gain or a loss? And what is that gain or loss? So doing that multiple times will generate these kind of multiple instances of of capital gains or loss. If you're doing just one large transaction, potentially you just have one gain or loss event.
1: And so another interesting one is does the ATO want to know just your total buy and sell, or do they need to know every line item? Yeah, so I
2: think the more you can record the better. So it's not just about your buy and sell. And this kind of depends what what you want to disclose or claim on a tax return. For example, if you're claiming a loss because you've had your crypto stolen, you'll need to show a lot more than just, you know, that you've bought and um, sold or just bought that crypto, yeah. perhaps it's been stolen. So it's more about, you know, what the fees associated with it are because it has to be added cost base, et cetera. The dates are really important as well. The market value in AUD at the time that you bought, the time you sold, Um, working out that market value is really important as well, especially when there's some obscure cryptos that are out there, um, that people might be trading with. So yeah, very important. So just some things to watch out for. So there's something called a wash sale rule, um, which is essentially where you buy the asset, sell it very quickly just to create a capital loss. Um, that's something that will likely end up you not being able to claim a capital loss to offset against any gains. The ATO came out at the start of the tax year and kind of said, well, wash sale rules apply to crypto. Don't wash sale. I covered this earlier, but personal use assets under 10K. uh, This is one that people think they can use very freely and just spend crypto under 10K. But it's very rare this will apply. The ATO have given an example on their website, and it's basically saying that if you want to go to a concert and you have a discount to buy the ticket if you pay through crypto... So you buy some crypto and then buy the ticket in a very short space of time, like 10 minutes, then potentially it's a personal use asset. But any significant length of time that you hold that for, the more likely it will be treated as an investment. Um, chain splits and forks. Uh, so that's something we see quite a lot. The HA basically say that there's no income tax when you receive the new fork, essentially. But the cost basis when you do is zero. And so you have to calculate your Capital gain or loss on that disposal—it's likely give me a capital gain if the cost basis is zero. So it's not an ideal outcome for the investor, but just something to be aware of. There, uh, wrapped tokens as well, and you know, without trying to get into too much detail here, often you do have to have your tokens wrapped, like in, on the Ethereum blockchain. Wrapped ETH allows you to interact on other networks and engage in smart contracts and the like. Um, those token transfers from ETH to wrapped ETH are taxable events. Whether they should be or not, I think is going to be a discussion that's had. Personally, I do struggle to understand whether there is what we call in the tax world a change in beneficial ownership. But um, nevertheless, that's how it is now. That's the ATO's guidance. So it's something to be aware of. And again, you know, I mentioned earlier, but there are transactions that are subject to income tax, even though you hold them on capital gains count. So staking, be very careful when you do stake, that should be declared as income. And I know there's probably a lot of customers using Swift X Earn that, that need
0: to yeah, that. Yeah, we do provide, you know, that daily line item per asset that you're earning on. So again, the Coinly software should be able to pull that out and you know calculate the, the PL and what the requirements are for people to be able to go to their accountant after that and and report correctly. Yeah, right. And without
2: getting too technical, you know, there are protocols like the new Ethereum network that's coming out is where you can stake your Ethereum 2.0 essentially, but not actually access it until sharding comes through. That's so right. you know how should that be taxed as income even though you can't receive it? That's a very <laughs> philosophical question that we don't need to get into, but something to be aware of that these considerations haven't yet been hashed out. So it's worth seeing an accountant. We've been waiting a while for the sharding, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a date announced for the merge. So. There is, yeah, mid-September. Yes, we're looking forward to that. Um, so for those that have been unfortunate and had their crypto lost or stolen, there is a silver lining. So you might be able to claim a capital loss. If you've lost your private keys, for example, you've thrown your Trezor hard wallet away and you don't don't have the secret backups and you've lost those. The downside of this or the catch is you really need the evidence to show you have genuinely lost it. A loss has to be an asset that's lost. It's not just reduced in value. The ATO really want you to prove you have owned the wallets and it's genuinely lost and you had access to the funds. Um, work with an accountant on this if, if you've lost a lot of crypto or had it stolen I'll gloss over this very quickly, but it's just an example. If you are running a business or carrying on a trade, you'll be treated under trading stock rules. Essentially, if you have bought crypto and you're trading a business. So, basically, if you have in December 21, buy 100 ETH for 250K, and on the same day the trader sells for 300K, the 250K can be used as a deduction or claimed as a deduction because it's purchase cost. And the 300k that it's sold for is essentially sales, proceeds, or income. So how can you use software to help comply with these obligations that you have? So firstly, I think it's really important to note that don't use an Excel spreadsheet, particularly if you're trading a lot. It's really, really complicated. The ATO require a lot of records. So capital gains, losses, the income you've earned from staking. You should ideally keep records for five years from the point at which you file your tax return. and because of the amount of data points you require, it's really hard to do yourself or manually on a spreadsheet, particularly in the, the volume people are transacting in in the crypto space. So software like Coin.ly, that's, that's really where it comes in because Coin.ly can plug into your wallets, blockchains and exchanges like SwiftX directly and pull through the information into Coin.ly through API, which is essentially like a connector into SwiftX. It's all read-only, so Coin.ly can't you know, trade on your behalf or anything like that. It can just pull your transactions through. Um, we often see users in Coin.ly have multiple different wallets, so it's not just one exchange that they'll be connected to, but it'll be you know, different wallets or DeFi protocols that they're engaged with. So having everything in one place is really important. Um, there's also a lack of clear guidance. We've covered the basics today, but there's a lot of novel ways people are using crypto that hasn't yet been considered in guidance. Um, there is a lack of crypto tax experts. You know that's just That's just a fact. There's not many accountants out there that specialize in crypto tax. A lot of accountants don't understand crypto, the ways in which people are using crypto. And one thing I want to highlight is when you do work through the tax obligations and implications, it's really important to understand how people are trading crypto you know how are they holding it what are they intending to do is it a hobby are they carrying on a business and so working with your accountant on that is really important but i'd say work with an accountant that understands crypto
1: awesome danny i really appreciate you going through that because i'm sitting here at the moment and i'm getting the questions coming through and there is like so many questions coming through from people that have like a really detailed uh, understanding of kind of the topics that we're talking about today that are going to such a granular level and it's great to see the conversation coming up around crypto tax. As we said at the beginning, it's not the sexiest of subjects. And people are actually asking questions, SwiftX customers on there saying, you know, if I move something from um, one wallet to another wallet, is that a taxable event? Like all of these detailed questions are coming through. And it's just great to see the interaction. That's
2: actually a good one, Adam. Let's pick up on that. So if you if you do transfer crypto from let's say your SwiftX account to a wallet like a trezor or a hard wallet that transaction itself is not taxable because you still hold the crypto but you may incur fees or transaction fees that actually mean that you sell a portion of your crypto to pay for those fees and so it's really important to remember that whilst it's not a taxable event you, your disposal that you're using to pay for that fee is going to be is going to be taxable
0: yeah i think that's something we don't have 100% of a solution for it just yet. Like that does blockchain fees that are integrated. Um, but yeah, very, very keen to, for you to highlight that, that yeah. area as and well. and of
2: course Coinly tracks that, right? So, you know, you, you might move between different wallets and they might be all your own wallets. You can mark that as, hey, Coinly, I've transferred that to myself don't panic, I'm not making huge capital gains. So you can flick that switch in Coinly that you can review it individually and
0: it's... That's awesome. That's such, yeah, it's just such a handy tool to have. And I think... I think it's an absolute necessary these days for people that are interacting with cryptos to have some kind of a tax software solution. And, um, you know, you guys are doing a a great job there. I've got a couple of questions that came through on the the live stream, which I'd love to run through. These are actually some I've seen come up across our customer support on SwiftX as well. So uh, one of them is, why might I still need an accountant to do crypto tax if Coinly exists? Yeah, good one. So
2: I think it's really important to actually work with accountants, even though you have software like Coinly. Uh, the reason being is it's likely that crypto isn't the only investment you, you hold. You know, you might have shares, you might have rental properties, you might have savings that you're kind of managing from a tax perspective. And so the accountant will do the strategy around that. And, you know, if you have losses, for example, in crypto, you can potentially offset that against non-crypto assets as long as they fall under a CGT asset. And so it's important to not just take what Coinly says as, as the, source of one truth but just to kind of work with your accountant to work out are you getting all your allowances and reliefs that are available to you what's my strategy with the other investments and you know work that through and the other the other reason is because there are a lot of complex interactions lots of different ways people are trading crypto that's Far ahead of the guidance that's come out, you know, there's organizations called DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations that operate, and lots of people becoming uh, members of DAOs or holding governance tokens. And you know, what does that mean from a tax perspective? And these are all really interesting debates to have, but it's not something that's definitive in terms of guidance, and that's why working with
0: a really strong accountant if you are in those spaces will be really important. The way I always frame it for friends, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong or not here guys, but I always frame it as, kindly will give you 90% of what you're supposed to report. And then that last 10% is up to you and your accountant to actually work out what your, you know, yeah, potentially exactly. your proper reporting is to be. So the alternative to that is you having an Excel spreadsheet or just your CSV file from your exchange, giving that to your accountant, you're starting at 0%. And then your accountant's going to charge you for every single one of those line item transactions, which I said, I think I paid a thousand dollars just to get my my uh, CSV reviewed a few years back. That's where you're starting. So, you know, you're starting on 90 percent versus zero if you're trying to just call yourself dry without without any solution.
1: Exactly. And you can go into coin and actually allocate what the transactions are to make sure that they're properly identified, just makes life easier for everyone.
0: So we've got a few more coming through there. Can kindly be used to track NFTs and DeFi transactions?
1: Yes, absolutely. So you can
0: link up your
2: MetaMask wallets, You know, decentralized wallets can be are supported with Coidly. There's so many integrations, and that's one of the things we really focus on is having the strongest APIs and integrations with various different exchanges, wallets, blockchains. So yes, definitely.
0: Do I pay tax when providing liquidity to liquidity pool? Very popular one, I'm sure. Yeah, this is a good one. So. Currently the way the ATO see that this is when you
2: do provide liquidity to a liquidity pool, you're making a taxable disposal or a capital disposal. And you know, you're acquiring a new token being the LP token. And so um yes, that that is a taxable event. Whether it should be a taxable event in all circumstances, again, it's up for debate. I think this is also a really interesting one because there's a lot of arguments you can make as to, you know, well, you still have ownership of that token, or you can reverse the transaction and get it get it back. So, yeah, but but just note that yes, it is a it is a taxable event as it stands, or that's the ATO's
1: interpretation. I want to just take a minute to thank the people that are listening on the call, um, SwiftX for for joining us today, Tommy for joining us, and uh, for letting us share this information with your customers. It's honestly it's great to just sit here and see all the comments flying in because people are really engaged into the content. And thanks for Danny for for making the trip up here with us to yep. Brisbane and the team outside that's been supporting us. It's great. I had a really great podcast and really look forward to. I think some of the work on in behind is. the
0: scenes to pull this all together has been been fantastic. So yeah, massive appreciation to
1: the teams on on both sides there. Awesome, and thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks thanks guys. very much. Great to great to chat. Awesome, thanks so much. Cheers.
0: you <laughs>